Welcome in to another episode of We're Talking Tonight. Dave Amato, Raging Dave from Raging Pajan. And a shout out to all the guys at Raging Pajans that Pajan that continue to support and listen to our podcast. Shout out to our guys over at Raging Review for the work they're doing. If you don't know what they're doing, check out Raging Review on Twitter and you get links to their podcast as well. Uh, Dave is a full-time contributor here at We're Talking. And tonight, we're going to break down Sunbelt Conference West, except for the Cajuns. And then uh, next week, we will move on to our predictions for East and West. And then later on in the week, uh, a couple of days before the Cajuns game against Southeastern, we'll break down the Cajuns uh, as a team going into the 2022 season. So with that being said, Dave, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, sir. I'm doing real good. How are you? I'm doing well, you know, uh, probably the first time in a while that I'm feeling good. Lots of things going on in my life. But before we get started, everybody always wants to know. And everybody asks, I get texts. Why didn't you talk about this? Why didn't you talk about that? But here's what they really want to know. What kind of sissy beer are you drinking tonight? <laughs> so, uh, look, I know the perfect for it yet but we're getting into Oktoberfest season so i uh tonight i am drinking a warsteiner uh dunkel which is a little bit darker beer more of a uh, like a uh, oktoberfest uh, ish beer today it was a little cool because of the rain so it's almost oktoberfest so i'm, I'm getting into the spirit it's funny you say that because and you say it's a little too early which was my thought exactly not to you but a post that I saw on Facebook from one of my friends that lives in Cincinnati, and she posted this weekend was the Oktoberfest in her in her town. And I'm going, it's not even September yet. You can't have an Oktoberfest. <laughs> well, this is this is about the time of the year where I've started to um, some amber ales, um, some of the uh, some of those type of beers and then i'll move into uh porters as we get into the, the the winter season and i use that term loosely in south louisiana uh i'm not a stout i'm not a stout drinker so i'm not a big fan of coffee or chocolate and a lot of stouts have the coffee and chocolate in it but i will drink a porter every now and then that's about the extent of it and then i'll go back to when it starts getting warmer i'll go back to some of the the ales and and then uh, even uh, into more of my IPAs and pale ales, which is my bread and butter. Okay, so when you say porter, that's because you like to carry luggage as other people travel. That's, a, that's exactly what I'm saying. All right, good for you. <laughs> I am drinking a little uh, very light uh, weeded bourbon, uh, Old Fitzgerald, uh, a long in history, long in storied history of the distillery at Stitzel Weller, first uh, true weeded bourbon. So, but I'm not going to go in that tonight. We'll have another conversation at some point talking about bourbons and whiskeys and stuff. Uh, we might even do a sissy beer uh, podcast. Who knows? There you go. So, Dave, uh, let's get this jump right in. Let's talk about ULM. Terry Bowen's second year, loses Rich Rod. Um, you know, I... I I really think Terry Bowden's good for them up there. Uh, with, with Rich Rod gone, though, how's that going to affect the team? 
Yeah, I look, they reached out and they've got Matt uh, Kubik who came in as the uh, offensive coordinator. And he's, you know, he's had, he played at Louisiana Tech. He's familiar with the area. Um, he's a guy that I think they're happy to have. But look, he's not Rich Rod. And I think it's going to be, you know, it's his first year uh, as an offensive coordinator there. The guy's been an offensive coordinator in other places. But I think he's, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a, a change. And, and this team has some challenges. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the, the nuts and bolts of it as we get deep into it. But, but you know, they're still not a great team. They're still not a good team. Um, they made some good strides last year. And I think they'll make some strides again this year. But I think they've got – They've got a, they've got an uphill battle to go. Um, they lost some talented players both on offense and defense, and uh, they've got some talented guys. But it's it's going to be tough. Their offense is going to it's going to sputter, I think, at first, and then uh, it, it might get going as the season goes on. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm and, and we're going to talk schedules later, so I don't want to get into it yeah. too much. But you know, you know two of the first three games, Texas and Alabama, let's be real, yeah. but who has the advantage in your opinion, playing four weeks into the season now with ULM and the Cajuns, because that was, uh, that was traditionally Thanksgiving day weekend, not that. Yeah. Thanksgiving day weekend that the two teams played. Do you think that's. Hey, look, I, Look, I'll be a homer here, but I'll say the advantage goes to the Cajuns. And the reason I do is usually that game late in the season has no bearing on the – it hasn't recently had a bearing on the Cajuns or the uh, Warhawks. Cajuns were usually um, somewhere where they were already knowing they were going to a bowl game. They had won the West, um, and ULM was traditionally – sitting below 500 and not worrying about it. They had nothing to lose. The Cajuns had everything to lose. The Cajuns were not, I wouldn't say not worried about that game, but it was less of a priority to them. The whole game that was coming up um, and ULM went all out and they looked, they, they played us tough a lot of times. This is a team that gives us fits even when they're bad. But I think earlier in the season, the Cajuns will realize they this is going to be an important game. They don't want to lose to a conference foe, especially a, a Western conference foe. And I think they'll be they'll be motivated to play that game a lot harder than if they were, you know, 10 and one and the season had that game, whether they won or lost, they were still going to the conference championship. Right. Um, so I think the Cajuns have a little bit of the advantage on that. OK. Uh, you know, I'm. We're we're going to move on, but it's interesting. Uh, aren't you know? We saw. I saw. I was talking with Danny Reed earlier tonight, yeah. uh, voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. Uh, for those that are listening, we will drop that podcast after this one. Uh, but uh, North Carolina start opens the season at two Sun Belt Conference teams, and Army plays three Sun Belt Conference teams. I just think it's time for Army and Navy to join the Sun Belt Conference. <laughs> You're probably right about that, except they would, uh, I, I, I could, I could somewhat see Navy fitting the, the, the profile, right? They're not so far off of the beaten path. It would be tough to go to New York, uh, to, to fit oh, New York into the, the Sunbelt, uh, you know, the footprint that the Sunbelt's going for. It's a stretch to go to, 
to Maryland, but at least it's close to Virginia, right? I think. Well, here's the thing is that that they need to bring them in as football only members, because if you look at where Army and Navy have bases at, they're very close to Sunbelt Conference teams. Yeah. Or they or or they have, you know, New Orleans. I don't think the uh, NSA is at uh, or not NSA. Uh, the uh, yeah, Naval Support yeah. Attachment is no longer. I don't think they're in New Orleans anymore. They have a smaller base. Yeah, I think they moved out to Bell Chase. They're no Bell longer Chase. in. Yeah, they're no longer Algiers. But if you look at places like that, and uh, you know, the, the, an, an hour and a half up the road, there's an Army base where they have uh, from Georgia State in Atlanta, an hour and 20 minutes, you know, South Carolina there. I think it would be a great fit, especially for football. And I want, I want us to go to West yeah. Point. <laughs> no, look, it would be, it would be fun. Uh, those teams traditionally have been very competitive. You know, the yeah. army and Navy have been going to bowl games um, either one or the other, or both. In a lot of cases, they've always been competitive. It would be fun to play those guys um, just because just the history of those programs and yeah. everything else that comes with it. The, the problem I have is uh, man, it's like facing a completely different animal when you face the army and Navy, uh, you know, the service academies uh, just because of the offense that they run. Right. It's, it is uh, what it is. You want to, you want to, you want to play, you got to play pay. No, so, no, you're right. And, and you're I right. think, I think, uh, the, the the thought of losing to them uh is far outweighed by the by your ability to play with different areas but let's move on back to ulm yes sir uh ulm's offense uh so with richrod gone you talked about their uh, offensive coordinator where where are they going to get their quarterback from yeah so they they uh had a heated battle um that was announced i think yesterday i read um that the starter from last year got the got the nod uh chandler rogers uh who who wasn't the original starter because rick rodriguez was going to be the starter he had some major injury during the early season lost his starting job came in and played well in spurts uh but he has won job expected was going to happen um the the guy that he was fighting with was a transfer from um jaya Wright, who i watched play a little bit longer. he got some chances to play but he's really a blank quarterback the guy is he's a beast um reminds you a little bit from what i could see of him a yeah, Taysom hill type guy right he's a run first throw second uh type guy i think we could see him playing some wildcat for them i really do it's just he's that kind of talented guy that every now and then you don't want your starter to run you know some of these up the middle plays or a quarterback keeper so you might get um jaya right in there for those type of plays but chandler chandler uh rogers is going to be the guy and like i said he played a lot last year so he's he'll be familiar with the team and he's i think he was although they called it a quarterback controversy or quarterback competition i think at the end of the day almost everybody at ulm believed that Chandler rogers was going to win that job gotcha what about moving on to the running back traditionally yeah. they've had some opportunities there but the it's been hit or miss i think for them yeah it has been and what happened last year they had all kind of injury problems at running back 
and they ended up moving a wide receiver, Malik Jackson, to that position. And he ended up playing most of the season at running back. I think he's going to come back and be the, the main guy. They do have another guy, Andrew Henry, uh, who got some carries last year. I think they'll split some time. I think Malik Jackson proved that he's going to be a pretty quality um, running back. He can. He's one of those guys he can – you know, go in motion. You can line him up as a wide receiver if you need him to. But for the most part, I think they've decided he's going to be a running back. Um, again, he was getting familiar with the position at the college level. I don't know. He wasn't fantastic last year, but he wasn't bad. I think he'll, you know, he'll improve, but they'll still have some struggles at running back. I really think that's a, a position of need for them. I agree. And it's hard sometimes to bring a wide receiver and they're just not built to yep. take that punishment no absolutely but, but now moving on to the best name in college football or sports period i gotta believe mr boogie knight yeah one of the one of the names in in the sun belt by far but yeah you're you're absolutely right uh boogie knight is a guy who transferred in from ohio state he's a he's a really he made a big splash last year and i think uh look he's gonna make another one this year he's he is most of their offense. So when Chandler Rogers drops back to throw the ball, he's looking for Boogie Knight. Um, and he's he's a talented guy. And I think every team that faces the Warhawks, he's he's the main guy you're going to have to stop. Uh, they do have another wide receiver, Will Derrick, who played quite a bit last year, good player. Uh, but again, it's uh, Will Derrick caught passes because, because uh, Boogie Knight was double teamed a lot of times. Boogie Knight's Boogie Knight's a really good football player, and he's going to show it this year, and he's going to be their main main output on offense again. I, I really believe that. Is he is he their best uh, offensive player or I, best I, player? I, period. Yeah, I think he's I think he's probably the best football player on that team by far. I don't okay. think there's a, a, yeah offense defense. I don't think it matters. He is he is by far the best uh, football player on that team. Good deal. Um... Anything special on the offensive line? Because none of these wide receivers, quarterbacks, or running backs can do anything can can do anything without the big guys. Yeah, they lost a big offensive tackle um, last year. A guy by the name Tyler is gone, uh, but the, but they do have Victor Cutler back, a good offensive tackle. He'll be the left tackle this. Year. Uh, they get a guy back, Peyton Dunn, who missed all of last year and starts in 2020. And I know. Not many ULM fans want to talk about 2020 because, you know, it was a horrible, dismal season for them. Uh, but they get him back, and he'll be a starter on that offensive line. They brought in a JUCO guy by the name of Zarian McGill. Um, but it's, 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 you know, patchwork. We don't know how Peyton Dunn will play coming back from an injury. You lost, the, you know, your right tackle. You bring in a JUCO guy. You hope he fits the system, but you don't really know. Um, they've got they've got a lot of challenges on the uh, on, just in the offense in general. Um, so uh, nothing fantastic that stands out on the offensive line, but uh, but yeah, they they've got some challenges and some. Play. Um, defensively. Uh... What's there? I mean, I know, I know they, yeah. they, they've struggled. Yeah, they, so they lost probably their best player on defense last year, Travian Webster. Uh, line was a really good football player. Um, he's gone. 
They lose the deep end in the name, a guy by the name of Ty Shelby, a couple of defensive backs. Uh, but they do have really good linebackers. Uh, Zach Woodward, Woodard played last year, played very well. And Kwai Drake played very well as well. It brought some JUCO guys in. I, it looks like Terry Bowden has spent a lot of time trying to get JUCO guys to come in. The team was so depleted uh, after 2020 when he came in. I think his his only thought, I need to get recruiting is tough when you have nothing, right? And you're getting freshmen and you're trying to expect the freshmen to come in and be full-time starters. The only thing he could do is go and use that JUCO or the transfer portal to fill in the needs that he had. I think he's still trying to work on that because there's so many holes on that, that ULM football team. They got two really good linebackers. That'll be the, the key to their defense. Uh, outside of that, they, they don't have a lot that excites me on the defense, and they don't have a lot that excites me on the offense. Boogie Knight and Zach Wood, Woodard, uh, off, one on offense, one on defense, are probably their best players, and there's not a lot behind them. All right, you're listening to We're Talk tonight. Craig Melosa and Dave Amato. Uh, Dave, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back after this quick message. Thank you. Welcome back into We're Talking tonight. We're talking football. We're talking Sunbelt Conference football. Talk about the Western Division. We just kind of, in a long way, talked about a ULM team that spent most of last year or all of last year in last place. Uh, the stories were good, though, with uh, Terry Bowden playing uh, Jackson State and Deion Sanders and uh, uh, Deion playing for uh, uh, Terry's dad, Bobby. But moving Ar on to Arkansas State, Arkansas State is a team that second year uh, coach Butch Jones, uh, you know, he, Arkansas State was a, a, a team there for like three, four or five years that their coach won and they moved on one and moved on. Uh, you know, uh, they were about to fire the coach when he left for another job, but you know, Butch Jones is there. Uh, what, what are we looking there now at Butch Jones and the offense? Yeah. Um, so, you know, look, they've had, they've had some really talented quarterbacks, uh, that we've faced. Both of them have moved on to other teams, right? Logan Bonner, a couple of years ago, followed Blake Anderson to Utah State. Lane Hatcher, who started most of last year because there was a little bit of a quarterback controversy last year at Arkansas State, um, he decided to transfer out this year, and he actually has ended up at another Sun Belt foe, uh, foe and we'll talk about that later tonight. Um, so they're going to go back to the guy who was competing for the starting job last year, James Blackman, who was a Florida State transfer, um, but got hurt early in the season and missed all but I think the, the first game of the year um, and uh, did not play at all for him. So he'll come back and it's his job. Uh, he's got no real competition. As long as he stays healthy, he will be their quarterback. And he's a guy who played quite a bit at, at Florida State. So it's not like he's, you know, a scrub. He's a, he's a pretty talented guy. Um, but he's, uh, like I said, he's missed all of last year. So not sure how, how well he's going to come back from his injury. It was a, if I'm not mistaken, it was a pretty brutal injury for him. Correct me if I'm wrong though. Wasn't, uh, Arkansas state pretty decent on offense. 
at yeah. times when and it was their defense that are did I say defense? But they're yeah. pretty good on offense and pretty potent at times, but it was their defense that was just horrible. No, it was there was no question about it. Their offense was not the problem for uh, Arkansas State last year. Offense, they could move the ball up and down the field. They did it against us in a really good game, uh, but they had problems. They their biggest issue last year uh, was giving up the big play. If you remember, we scored two running touchdowns on them. One was a ninety-nine yard touchdown. And I think another one was a seventy-five. Chris Smith hit a 75-yarder, and I think Amani Bailey hit a 99-yarder. But we weren't the only team that did that to them. Everybody, I think Coastal had a 97- or 98-yard touchdown play against them. They gave up a ton of big plays last year, and I know we'll get into the defense later. Yeah, But uh, but offense isn't their problem. No, Well, but at the same time, it looks like uh, – Who is who? Who, are, who needs? Who is going to step up for them at the running back? Because it looks like they're replacing running back, their top receiver, their offensive line. Yeah, who, they've got they've got a lot of challenges to replace. Um, you you hit the so, nail on the head. So maybe defense is not their problem this year. <laughs> you're right. You you possibly are very correct in that. As they, I doubt it. It just proves I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to be wrong later on. Somebody's going to pull this back up and go, remember when you said that? So, so they, they did lose two of their top three rushes last year, but they weren't a team that ran the ball very well. Anyway, they get Marcel Murray back. Now that's a, that's a big piece to it. And, and, and look, we'll talk about what they lost at running back because again, it's another player that transferred to another Sunbelt foe. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, but this transfer portal has gotten crazy when you're transferring within your own conference and in w- within the Western division of your own conference. Um, but they get Marcel Murray back, who's a guy who decided to transfer out, decided he was going to come back, decided to retire from football, decided to come back. Um, now he's back on the team. He was out last year with an injury. He's back this year. They get Johnny Lang back. But they they really – they don't have – unless Marcel Murray can come back and be the guy he was two years ago, they've got some question marks at the running back position, no doubt about it. I think well, they're going to start with him, but I don't know what's going to happen after that. Well, let's move on from the defense. I, I know they're, they're um, on a team that was bad, and they, and they lose four of their top five tacklers, but at the same time – and, and <laughs> I don't remember, and I don't know, and I'm. This is where I'm hoping your brain is working. If those four, of those top five tacklers were in the defensive backfield, are they really losing anything? Because that just means uh, wide receivers and running backs were getting getting into the backfield. Yeah, they look. They, when you are a bad defensive team and you lose four of your five best tacklers, it's not a it's probably not a bad thing, right? <laughs> because right. you're you probably got issues on your defense anyway. They have one really good player uh, for sure that's coming back, and that's uh, Kevon Bennett. Um, he was a disruptor at times for them, but he was the only disruptor. In what uh, position does is he playing? Is he a yeah, linebacker? He's a he's a or down uh, He's a de- he's a linebacker. He's a linebacker. I think he plays a little bit more like a defensive end position, but he kind of bounces like that that that, that outside linebacker uh, position. But he's a good ball player. He made a lot of tackles for him. But again, 
he was the one guy making tackles for them last year. That's coming back. Uh, they do get a transfer um, from Tennessee, John Mincy, a defensive tackle. Uh, that could be a guy that, that, you know, plugging a need because they do, they lost, uh, they lost uh, John Mincy, who was, I'm sorry, no, John Mincy comes back. They lost a defensive end, uh, and I'm going to butcher this guy's name, Jojo Ozu Guwe. I remember him playing last year. I remember the announcers struggling to say his name, so I don't feel bad about that. So, um, but Mincy, is he, uh, you said transfer from Tennessee. Is he a yeah. guy that got playing time? Now, don't get me wrong. He was recruited by Tennessee, so yeah. uh, it's not a Sunbelt player, but 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 was he a guy that got some playing time in Tennessee, or is this a guy that got frustrated you know, he, enough? No, he had some playing time, not a ton. He was he was kind of a second, third teamer for those guys. He didn't he didn't play a bunch. Um, and I'm looking back at my notes, so give me, yeah, he he played in about 24 games, uh, linebacker and defensive end, but he was a reserve uh, linebacker and defensive end for them. So it was. Yeah, you know, he got some playing time, but it wasn't – he wasn't, you know, the star on that team. Gotcha. He was the guy who got some playing time. Gotcha. Um, but, they, look, they've got, they've got lots of holes to fill both on offense and defense yep. and, and from a team yep. that wasn't very good in the first place. All right, let's move on. Let's, let's talk Texas State now. Um, Brady McBride <laughs> goes to, uh, to App State as a, yeah. as a backup. Yeah, and uh, Texas State um, is a team that both of us thought were going to turn the corner last year, but is a team that is underperforming. I've got to believe this year is uh, is their last their their coach's last year if he doesn't perform. There's no doubt about it. And I I, look, I like a lot about Jake Spadavall. I think he's a a, a good coach. I, I think he's had a bad situation. Um, and I cannot figure out for the life of me with the fan base they have, with the facilities that they have. And I think this is a broken record from what we talked about last year with their, with their facilities, with everything about what they have, how they have not ever been good since they yeah. joined the Sun Belt. Like I, they've not even good. They haven't been average in the Sun Belt Conference. Um, so yeah, I think this is a make or break year for uh, Jake Spadavall. He has to win this year. Well, you um, know, talking with Danny Reed, voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles, earlier this evening, it, it was to me Texas State is very similar to Georgia State. Uh, heckling Jai, we Jai, Jekyll and I. Yeah, geez, uh, <laughs> you don't know who's going to show up, and 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 until they do something, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm selling them. I'm not buying them. No, I, I, I think you're in the boat where with most people. Um, so it's so, going to be, I, again, this is the year or they're going to be making another change of quarterback. I mean, and uh, head coach. And, well, uh, and I just don't, I, they can't keep doing it. I, yeah. It's just gotten bad. Let's move on, though, uh, to uh, let, let's talk about Lane Hatcher, uh, transfer from Arkansas State. How do you go from Arkansas State, a team that was not very good, uh, and going to Texas State, which quite honestly is another team that wasn't very good. How, how does that uh, – and, and maybe change of scenery is great for, for, for Lane Hatcher. I don't know. What's yeah, your thoughts? So, look, Lane Hatcher is a very good quarterback, um, and he's proven it. It wasn't his fault that Arkansas State was bad, right? He has right. – he's, he's played and put up big numbers for Arkansas State. Um, 
I, I think he needed a change. I, I look, I really believe that Butch Jones wants uh, the, uh, the gentleman uh, Blackman to be the starter. And I think, uh, you know, he tried to make him the starter last year, even though Lane Hatcher was a very good quarterback coming back from the year before. He wanted Blackman to be the starter. And he's, that's why I think at this point, Lane Hatcher said, I got to do something. I got to get out of here. And look, I think there were a lot of places Lane Hatcher could have gone. I'm shocked he went to Texas State. But he's there, and there must be something about it. We'll talk about that later because a running back from Arkansas State ended up there as well. Um, well, I can tell you, if you've ever been to San Marcos, I'm transferring there. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> look, look, San Marcos is one of the most beautiful places. Like, with the exception of maybe Boone, North Carolina, San Marcos and Boone are two of the best places that you can Yeah, but I'll take the women in San Marcos <laughs> yeah. over, over yeah. Boone, North Carolina any day. You're I mean, right. the, weather, the weather most of the time is better in Boone, but at the same time, uh, uh, yeah, no, 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 you, you've no, got a river that runs through your campus and you're yeah. doing tubing on a Guadalupe. Hey, yeah, no, send me that briar patch. <laughs> no. And I think that's why he's there. Look, he's the starter, but he's got two talented guys behind him. He's got two transfers, uh, Ty Evans, who was on the, both of these guys were on the team last year. Uh, Ty Evans, who came in from, I believe, NC State, and Dylan Markowitz, who came in from uh, from uh, Syracuse. Syracuse. Um, so both of those guys are talented behind him. They both uh, were scholarship at P5 schools. But but this is Lane Hatcher's job, who, again, right. he's a transfer. Technically, he was a walk-on at Alabama. So Lane Hatcher's got the talent. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that side of it there. Okay. Yeah. So well. – Let's move on to running back then. Uh, what do they yeah. have there? I mean, one of the one of the all time great names or yeah. recognizable names in Calvin Hill. Yeah, no relation to Calvin Hill, although he plays in Texas and has the exact same name. But Calvin Hill uh, played running back. He's a lot of a little bit of a for them. He's he's a smallish guy, but man, he's quick as a cat. Uh, he will get plays in the field they'll, they'll try to throw the ball to him they'll try to get him his ball his face but I'm going to tell you the bell cow for Texas State this year is going to be the backfield mate of uh Lane Hatcher's Lincoln who who was the starting running back for Arkansas State last year yeah. um so and he led the team in rushing at Arkansas State again they weren't a great running team but he was the bright spot uh as a running back he will get the load of the, the lion's share of the carries definitely between the tackles uh, for Texas state, but it'll be, it'll be odd to see Lane Hatcher and, 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 and Lincoln pair in the backfield together, but not wearing a red wolves hel helmet. Um, so, so I think he's going to be the guy. They do have another running back Jamal Jeter, pretty good player, but Calvin Hill will be the change of pace guy. And uh, Lincoln pair will be the, the main, the main running back for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the defense uh, team that lost a, a lot, but at the same time, I'm not sure that that's a bad thing for a team like Texas state. Yeah. It's, you know, kind of the kind of similar to what we talked about with, uh, with our friends over at Arkansas state. Um, they were not a great defensive team. So you lose some players. Uh, you lose a defensive lineman, uh, KV on Pat, who's a good player, Zeon uh, Childress, who played safety for him. 
but they get back some talent. Um, a guy who was, I think, was out against us or at least playing injured against us, a linebacker, a Samoan gentleman, Sion Tupu. Yeah, uh, he comes back, so they get him back. Um, they, they hit the transfer portal hard on defense, um, just like they did on offense. Um, so they have a gentleman coming in from uh, USF, uh, Demarcus Gregory. Um, they get another gentleman. I'm sorry, I, I backed up. I was I was looking at my notes, but my notes were incorrect. Um, uh, yeah, they they get their leading tackler back in Markavian Coleman, and then I told you about Tupu coming back, right. and then they got a, a big uh, a nose tackle uh, Obiang who uh, played hurt most of the last year, but he's back. And then they got several transfers that they've brought back as well. So, so look, it'll be a different looking defense for the most part. Uh, but again, this is a situation where similar to Arkansas or similar to ULM, I think Jake Spadaval realizes he had to hit the transfer portal heavy. He had to hit a bunch of JUCOs. He had to get guys who were ready to win now because he couldn't wait a year or two for them to become good. Yep. Absolutely. Let's move on to, uh, let me see here real quick before we do this. Uh, yeah, we'll do one more before we take a break. You're listening to We're Talking uh, tonight, uh, and we're talking football. Sunbelt Conference West, Craig Malasa and Dave Amato. Raging Dave from Raging Pageant. Thanks again, everybody, Raging Pageant that listens. We appreciate your support and appreciate all the uh the shout outs here. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just, I just noticed something, but let's move on to Southern Miss and Will Hall, who has a name we are familiar with, Yes. but also I just, I, this is why I pause. I'm sorry. Uh, Reed Stringer. Yeah. Is assistant head coach and general manager. Yeah, I, I think I remember reading. I'm, I, you reminded me because I wouldn't have remembered that, but I think I remember reading that sometime last year that he was going. He had ended up there. I I did not know. I'm sorry, everybody. I mean, to to hit that, but uh, Will Hall is the name we're familiar with. Uh, he was uh, he was in Huds last year as the offensive coordinator. I don't think it was only one year here. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Spent some time at Tulane as offensive coordinator as well, I believe. And they got the head coaching job at Southern Miss. Will Hall is a guy that I have tremendous, tremendous respect for. And I think eventually we'll get that Southern Miss team on the right track, but they were not very good last year. So where do they start at the quarterback? Well, I'll tell you, you cannot blame Will Hall for last year. Um, I think oh, I they- don't. Yeah, I think they played 10 different players at quarterback at some point during the season. Oh. Um, they played against Louisiana Tech with a with a running back at quarterback. No, because, three running backs yeah, as, three, as, as, yeah. as a quarterback. That was yeah. one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah. We we yeah. were in uh we were in Liberty for the game and we were watching it in a bar and it was the greatest thing they just (laughs) bitch slapped louisiana tech around 35 to 19 they had three different running backs playing the quarterback position and i understand i'm not don't get me wrong i just i just think it was genius to come up with a game plan 
Well, and, yeah, and look, they didn't have an option because they had gone through so many quarterbacks. They had to do something, and they just said, "This is what we're going to do. We we're not going to we're not going to really have a quarterback. We're going to go with our running backs." And they did. I, if it, if my memory serves me right, they actually completed a couple of passes. They did. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, um, well, I'm 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 sitting here stuttering because I'm trying to pull up the. Uh... Uh, box score usm passing eight for 13 yeah. eight for 13 110 yards they scored 35 points <laughs> on eight for 13 frank yeah. gore are again a running back four for eight and tavius willis three for three dejan richard one for one and uh jaricus caston oh for one yeah the longest yeah. pass play was for 39 yards. Second longest was for 20 yards. Yeah, I mean, it, unbelievable. Yeah. Four different running backs played quarterback that day. And look, for a team that only won three games, that was one of their wins, and you did it without a true quarterback. I, I, it was Will Hall came up with something because he knew he had to, but that was a, that was a heck of a uh, play. But they got a, they got a quarterback this year. Uh, Ty Keyes is a really highly recruited kid from Mississippi that comes in and he will be the starter. Um, he is, he's a young kid, um, but I think they're really high on him. He's going to be there for a while and he'll be their starter. Um, not a whole lot of history on him, but so we don't know, but, but they really love him. All the, the fans, uh, everything I'm reading about him is he's the, he's the, going to be the guy. Let's talk about Trey Lowe real quick. He was out last year with an injury. He's going to be the backup. As we know, college football, uh, your quarterback, Cajun fans, whether they want to admit it or not, have been truly blessed with Levi Lewis to have him start as many games consecutively and not be hurt. I mean, I mean, so what do we, no offense to uh, Mr. Keys, but what happens if he goes down? How? What is uh, uh, Trey Lowe going to do? Well, and, and that's the other thing. So Trey Lowe's coming off of an injury. I don't know, and I don't know how bad the injury was. This is one of those teams I've got to you know, look. I, I myself, I'll have to do a lot more digging into because yeah. we didn't, they haven't been in the conference. Um, but what I can tell you is he was out for most of the, you know, a, a large portion of the year. But he is. He's a guy who started division one football games um so you know we don't have that luxury right as the cajun fans we're going in with two guys who we think are super talented but our number no no kid on our on our team except for chandler fields and and a little bit with ben Woolridge, have really thrown a lot of passes in college football trey low has so they they feel confident that if something happens to ty keys or if he doesn't you know if he's not as good as they thought he was they have a capable guy backing him up and i think that's why trey lowe is still there i mean he could have he could have probably transferred out if he wanted to but he's he feels confident he's going to get some playing time this year and he's look he's a guy that was expected to be the starter last year yeah no just looking at his bio real quick one of five semi finalists for the mr football in tennessee three team three time all district selection steve young co-award winner mvp Invited to play in the Toyota East West All Star, so the kid knows how to win. Yeah, Simple. no doubt. So, all right. So, what about the running back position? There's a very familiar name there. Yeah. 
Well, their running back position is one man uh, that will take the majority of the carries, and that's Frank Gore Jr., um, the son of Frank Gore Sr., who I, I don't believe – I could be wrong. He might still be on somebody's NFL roster this year. <laughs> he, I, he might be 110 and still playing in the NFL, but uh, Frank Gore Jr. is their guy, and they, he's, he's good. He's really good. Um, he's going to be a guy that's going to be one of the better running backs uh, in the in the Sun Belt this year, uh, as he was in Conference USA last year. He will get the majority of the carries, um, so I think we'll see him uh, most of the time in the backfield uh, getting the ball. And they've got a couple other guys behind him, but he's going to be their bell cow. He will carry most of the load for them. And the scary part is because of COVID, he's still a sophomore. Yes. So yes. we'll see a lot of Frank Gore Jr. over the next three years. So uh, what about the uh, any, anything stands out on the offensive line to you or, or the, I'm sorry, the receivers? Even. Well, the receivers are, are, are hard to judge, right? They didn't right. have anybody uh, real who quote, throw yeah. the ball to them. Um, but they do get their three best receivers back from last year. But again, how do you judge that when you didn't have uh, anybody throwing the ball, right? So exactly. they do get they do get the three guys back: Jason Brownlee, Jacarius Caston, uh, uh, and Demarcus Jones. Uh, all come back. Uh, look, they, I, I, I'm sure these guys are good. They just they don't have a whole lot of history behind them because they don't have anybody who's throwing the ball. But they get four of their five uh, offensive linemen back, so they've got you know they've got some continuity in the on the on the running back. They got continuity on the offensive line. They got continuity, uh, you know, at wide receiver. Um, the only, the only change is that quarterback and which is something that they needed a change at. Yeah. Because when you look at, uh, Jason Brown Lee, uh, you know, uh, uh, 46 reception, only, uh, only 46 receptions in 12 games, but at the same time, almost 14 yards, a a, a yeah. catch. So he's got the ability. I would have to believe at that to make some big plays. Yeah. So. But yeah, not much, uh, definitely over there. What about the defensive side of the line? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I know again, they're bringing back some players, but at the same time, the team was three and, you know, three and eight. Three last and year. nine. Yeah. Three yeah. and nine last year. Yeah. They, uh, look, so it can be they, good and bad. It could be. They get back, uh, I think their top 10 tacklers from last year. Yep. And they also get a Mississippi State transfer, a defensive line. Aaron Odom comes in. Um, so they're lucky. They got, they got a whole lot of guys who came back from last year and uh, I can't, they had so much mess. First of all, Will Hall took over a, a bad football team, but then he lost quarterbacks and he lost other guys. I mean, they yep. had injuries all over the field. He had a tough season. I, I think they'll be – look, I, I don't think they're going to challenge for the West Championship, and we'll get into that deeper next week. Um, but I think this team is talented enough with a lot of continuity coming back, with Will Hall being as good of a coach as he is. I think the defense will be better. I think the offense can only get better. Um, and I, I expect them to make a little bit of noise, and they're going to scare some teams. Um, but the defense gets pretty much everybody back, and they hit the – transfer portal uh, a little bit as well they've got some guys coming in uh from juco a guy from old miss a guy from mississippi state so they've got some talented guys coming in to help shore up that defense which was a little bit of a struggle last year as well 
Well, that's one thing we know about Southern Miss throughout the years. They get the guys uh, that transfer in from Mississippi State, Ole Miss, even yeah. Memphis, Tulane for that matter. And um, I know some people don't want to hear it, but I think uh, Will Hall is a genius. And we're going to see, uh, I think, uh, the Cajuns need to be ready when they play right. them. No because, question about it. Uh, I, I think there's a little – I don't know if there's animosity there because – Will wasn't here long enough, and it wasn't his fault that uh, uh, the coaching staff was let go. So, but uh, we're going to take our next break now. You're listening to We're Talking, Craig Melosa and Dave Amato. Dave, we'll be right back after this. Sounds good. All right. Welcome back into We're Talking, Craig Melosa and Dave Amato. Dave, uh, South Alabama is a team, another team. Uh, I think as as fared a little better than uh, Texas State, but very similar to getting off the Schneid as Texas State. What's your mm-hmm. thoughts there? No, I think you're absolutely right. I, I'm a I'm actually a, a fan of their uh, their new their, their second year coach, Kane Womack. I think he's going to be a star in the in the Sun Belt. Um, he 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 had some struggles last year. He lost some games he should have won, uh, and. and you know, I'm not going to say too much, but one of those games was probably against us. Um, I well, they... but, you know, I like how people like to put point, point that, not you, but people like yeah. to point out that they miss a field goal at the yep. end of the game that would have won it, but we missed two earlier in the game. No, one no, play no. doesn't make it. And I know you're yeah. not saying that. Yeah, no, no, no I'm saying not saying that. I, 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 my point was that there were a lot of games that they could have and, and probably yeah. should have won, and they, and they didn't. And they finished five and seven because of it. You know, two or three right. of those games, you turn around, they're seven and five or they're eight and four, and they're a much better football team this year. They were close in a bunch of them. Uh, but I think Kane Womack's going to get that team where it needs to go. Um, my biggest concern, and I know we're going to talk about the offense here shortly, you know, they lose a, a very good quarterback um, who was a transfer, who's gone. And more importantly, they lose the guy who was the best wide receiver in the Sunbelt conference by far um, in, in Jalen Tolbert. Um, but a quarterback, they, they got a couple of things going for them. Uh, another team that will have two experienced quarterbacks uh, playing for them. They got a transfer from Toledo, Carter Bradley, who comes in and played a lot at Toledo. He, and it was announced, I think yesterday, he won the job, but his backup is Desmond Trotter who has been a starter for USA. So they've got a... – So where do you see the quarterback? Who ends up with a job ultimately, with, you know, that, that, that's, uh, that, that's going to stand out? If you had – you, you said you named uh, – they named a starter, but yeah. do you think that starter is going to be the one that – I mean, I, I know we don't get to see the practices and everything, sure. but from what you, but your research that you did, I, I know you're not second guessing the coach, but that I'm asking some stupid questions right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Where do you you're see good. it going? No, I, I, I look, I think they're going to give the job. Uh, Carter Bradley, it's his job to lose. I, but again, having a backup who's super talented or who has started games in college football is, is always a luxury. And that's what they have. But I think they, I think they are, they've seen enough of Desmond Trotter to know that they don't want him to be the starter, right? Carter Bradley comes in successful in the MAC, 
Um, and I know the Max and the Sun Belt aren't, you know, exactly the same, but he's a guy who comes in with some experience. I think he's going to be their guy. They expect him to be their guy. Well, I, I think uh, over the long run, up until the last couple of years, I think that uh, the Mac was really a uh, a football conference and and one that you could point to that that you want to emulate. So um, I, I always considered the Mac being um, uh, smaller version of the Big Ten, yeah. and the, and the, and the Sun Belt is starting to become a smaller version of the SEC. So. Um, I don't, I don't think coming from the Mac is a bad thing is my point. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about, uh, where are they going with running back? Yeah. To me, I think that's a big question mark for them. They have two veterans coming back, uh, on Avery who played quite a bit and Brian Hill played quite a bit, but neither of them were productive. Um, uh, they just weren't the main, they, 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 I don't think they think that they're the main guys. They get a Florida uh, State transfer come in, Ladanian Webb, who kind of came in. He was a Florida State, but then went Juco and then has come back to South Alabama. I, I think he's going to be the guy that gets the starting job, and those other two guys will back him up. But I, I, it's going to be tough. They just didn't get a lot of production from the running backs last year. So it'll be interesting to see which. Well, the one, the one thing about uh, running backs in college football is they can feed off of each other. And if one's doing well, we've seen that yeah. for the last uh, 10, 12, 15 years with the Cajuns, the Cajuns. and, yeah, sure. and, and their uh, running backs and guys. And it really didn't matter who started the game. Uh, whoever was producing was in there. So, um, yeah, but at the same time, the guys that were doing producing for the Cajuns uh, almost produced from day one. So, yeah, and, 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 and every one of them ended up uh, getting at least a cup of coffee in the NFL. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, wide receiver is a position, though, with, with you know, uh, new quarterback, new system. Uh, well, with a new quarterback, somewhat a new system. Do you, do you see the same guys there, or is, or, or is it is it going to be something new well, that they're bringing in? Yeah, well – First of all, they lose the the most dominant wide receiver in the Sun Belt last year, and uh, Jalen Tolbert, who's playing in the NFL now and will be a very good uh, NFL wide receiver. He's who's he playing with? You know, I I don't know. I know he got drafted, and I I'll tell you real quick if you give me two seconds. Uh, okay. I, I for some reason I thought he he and I I know I'm wrong. I thought he signed a free agent contract with the Saints. No, no, no. That was Kawan Baker. Oh, okay. Two years ago, who was another very good wide receiver for the. Uh, I was going to so say they've they've had a even though they haven't necessarily won, they've had a lot of success. Yeah. Or eight. I shouldn't say a lot, but they've had one player that has been successful at wide receiver and has has done damage. Yeah. In every so game. so Jalen Tolbert was drafted in the third round by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, uh, yeah, I can't pull for him there. No, Sorry. no, can't, can't at all. But, um, uh, yeah, no, he's, uh, he's on the Dallas Cowboys roster and he was a third round draft choice. So he's going to be a guy I think makes the team this year for them. Okay. But that's, that's a big guy to lose. I mean, he put up so much production, uh, for the, for the Jaguars in the last couple of years. And now you're going to be without him. They do have two veteran guys that played 
fairly well last year for them, but they they're not Jalen Tolbert. Uh, right. J- Jalen Wayne uh, was one name that stuck out. I remember him against us. Now again, that game was in a torrential downpour that neither team wanted to throw the ball. And Colin Colin Lacy. Not to be confused with Colin Lacey from Georgia Southern, who right. does the announcing, but Colin Lacey is their other wide receiver. And then they bring in a tight end from Ole Miss to Marcus Thomas, who played a little bit there. So um, they've got some talent there, but man, you're missing the, the best in the belt. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a huge loss. So none of those positions do anything unless the Hogs up front. It looks like they brought in a lot of transfers up front. How do, how do they pan out? And do you think those will be the guys that are I, starting day one? I do. I, I do. I think, uh, you know, they have, they're going to have a lot of turnover on the offensive line from last year to this year. So you get, they've got a bunch of veteran transfers. Uh, they get uh, a guy from Mississippi state, James Jackson, Dante Lucas from Florida state or from La Tech, another one from Tennessee. I, I, I think those are guys that they're, they're plug and play guys for them for the most part. And I think those are going to be the guys who take take the reins over for uh, South Alabama. So it's a, it's a you know you hope that again we talked about this a million times. You hope these guys come in and they can fit your system and they can be what you expect them to be. But you you never know with the transfer portal what you're going to get. Exactly. What what on the defensive side though? It looks like they bring out bring back a lot of guys, but at the same time it looks like they brought in some help. They did. Um, so. They lose Trey Young, who's a pretty good ball player for them, uh, but they brought in some transfers. They've got um, a transfer from Indiana linebacker. They've got a transfer from Ole Miss and Jalen Jordan, but but and they got another transfer from Ole Miss. But for the most part, they, they get back a, a fair amount of their defense. And, and this wasn't a team that was terrible at defense last year. So, you know, bringing in a couple of these guys to fill in some holes, to plug some holes with a defense that was already fairly decent. Uh, remember, they, they, you know, we didn't run up and down. Again, we were playing in a, in a terrible weather condition. Yeah. But, but th- this is a team that wasn't bad on defense. They, their biggest problem was a lot of times they, they couldn't get – they couldn't convert on third down. They were terrible converting on third down. So defense wasn't their problem. I think – you're going to get that defense back and you strengthen the offense. We'll see. I, I think this is going to be a pretty a team that gives a, a little trouble in the, in the top of the belt on the West. I totally agree. It's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out with, uh, uh, with, with uh, South Alabama. Again, I'm not saying they're going to be uh Texas state, but, it's time to show me something, mister. Show, show something. Yep, absolutely. So let's move on. Uh, Troy, uh, another team that intrigues me a little bit. Uh, John Semerall, uh, I believe his second year, if I remember correctly. I believe you're right there. I, uh, no, he, I'll have to confirm this. I thought he, this was his first year there. Oh, man. Now you got me questioning myself. No, you're right. December 2nd of 2000. That's right. Yeah. They fired their coach yeah. at the end of the year. Yes. Yeah. Which was kind of a little bit of a shock. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So, uh, Troy is a team uh, that um, just because of their history with the cage scares me. Yeah. 
So where do they go for quarterback? So, so they had a big quarterback controversy last year. They were, they were battling two guys all season. Injuries kind of made that part of the game. But uh, Taylor Powell and Gunnar Watson were their two guys last year. Uh, Powell's gone. And Watson was expect Gunnar Watson was expected to be QB one up until two days ago, uh, when a gentleman who has played at more football and I'm going to use a reference that may, mo- most of our listeners won't know, but a guy who's probably been associated with more college football teams than John English when he played for Tulane back in the '80s was. Um, this gentleman, um, and I believe it's pronounced. Dodge, uh, although it's not spelled that way, um, has come in and will uh, be the, I believe, will be the starter. Now, he just joined the team two days ago, but he originally played at Bowling Green. He was very good there. He went to West Virginia, was very good there as the starter, signed with Western Kentucky, never played a game, lost the starting job in the offseason. And then two days ago, ended up transferring to Troy. So the, 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 gosh, I'm doing air quotes here. So I apologize, everybody. <laughs> you can't see, but the word on him is that he, he's a gunslinger. He is. Uh, um, he's not necessarily going to be their savior, but will probably win them some games that they did, didn't plan on winning. But at the same time, uh, it, may not be the guy that's going to take him to the promised land, I guess. Right. That makes sense. No, no, no. I completely agree with you. He's a, he's a one and doneer for them, right? He's, he's, he's coming in as a senior. He's only got this season. I got to believe that Troy believes if they, if they had all the confidence in the world that Gunnar Watson was the guy, then they would not have brought him in. Right. And I don't believe they believe he is because he wasn't the guy last year. You know, like I said, they were battling between two guys trying to figure out who their starter was going to be from week to week. I think at the end of the day, they they looked at it and said, there's a guy in the portal that's available right now who will be a guy that's going to come in. He's played well for two Division One football teams. My assumption is he's our starter from day one. Now, look, he's got to learn the system. And we're, what, a week and a half away from opening day? I mean, he's got to know the playbook, and, and I don't know. I, I don't know his his background with Summerall. Maybe he knows him. Maybe he knows the offensive coordinator. Maybe he's run a similar system. I don't know. But, man, to come in a week and a half or just about two weeks before the football season starts and be named the starter is something that just kind of – you wonder either Gunnar Watson – they, they – didn't believe in Gunnar Watson or this was just something that they, they feel that this guy is going to be the savior. I I don't see it because the numbers he put up were great, but he was a guy who threw a lot of interceptions as well. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, the question becomes, is John Summerall a mad genius or just mad (laughs) or just mad. I will tell you that one other little piece to it. um, And it's only interesting because we will play them. Taylor Powell, who was the part-time starter for Troy last year, uh, transferred to Eastern Michigan, where I believe he was named the starter recently uh, for Eastern Michigan. So, what, third, second game of the season? Yeah. We'll get to see Taylor Powell again. 
Well, we're going to go back into the war of the schedule next week on, on Troy and all the teams. But at the same time, uh, once again, we see a familiar foe uh, for Troy. Uh, Troy is the fourth and final game that Army will play against Sunbelt Conference teams. Now, I don't know. I, I've been to Troy. I've been to Montgomery. I've been to this, several places. I do not know. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, Fort Rucker is in Alabama. Mm -hmm. What army base is called? I mean, come on, come yeah. to Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't and know. And nothing else. Let us go to West Point. Let I don't get a West shit. Point. Right. Right. So, no, I don't, I don't know the, why all yeah. these Sunbelt teams are lining up to play army, but they, they seem to be. So, all right, let's move on though. Uh, what do we got running back? I mean, you've yeah. got uh, a a, fre a very good freshman from last year. Yeah, really what else? good. Yeah, he's the main guy, Kamani Vidal. Uh, we saw him. He was really good. Um, they lost B.J. Smith, but he was a, a really injured guy all the time. Uh, and then they've got a running back, Jamontez Woods, who will back up uh, uh, Kamani Vidal. But Vidal's going to be the bell cow. We talked about it. He's going to be the main guy. He was really good last year. He's going to be really good again this year. So where do you, uh, uh, with, uh, I'm trying to look this up, I, I'm, and I apologize. Um, see, now I'm stuttering here. But Vidal, because he actually looks like he might have a number that's a true running back. How big is he? And is he able to take the punishment? I, I honestly... Last year is somewhat a blur to me because I didn't do a lot of the games. Uh, yeah, um, he's and, and I'm, I'm checking because I've got multiple screens bouncing back and forth. Um, you know, he's five eight. He's not a he's not a tall guy, but he's two fifteen. I mean, he's a he's a pretty powerful back, right? As right. far as you know, he's just a big a big kid. But he, man, I remember watching him last year. I the the kids got some talent and look, he was a true, he was a freshman last year. Um, yeah. So, so he's only going to get better as the sea, as his career goes on. I, 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 yeah, I'm not excited yeah. to see this guy running downhill at us. No, uh, again, another COVID guy. So it's technically a sophomore, but right. uh, uh, Sunbelt conference, all honorable mention two years in a row. Uh, and the, the thing that we're not, I shouldn't say we're at 215 and 5A to 215. He, he's not uh, that 5'8", 180 slasher guy or anything right. like that. But at 215 is, is a good size for a 5'8 body. But at the same time, there there can be some uh, some punishment there. But how does Georgia State and Georgia Southern let a kid from Marietta, Georgia get out of there? That's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> he should not be playing for Troy. You know, yeah. You got a couple of schools who could have easily gotten him and, and chose not you know, to. But at the same time, if I remember correctly, it's only about four hours from uh, Troy to Atlanta. So you, you're probably right. I haven't made that drive. But still. But, uh, yeah. So uh, wide receiver. Yeah, they've got an exciting, they got an electric guy at wide receiver, Tez Johnson. Uh, Tez Johnson's had some off the field stuff that's happened to him but but when he's on the field he's really good um they line him up all over the field I, I, he's gotten 
He's gotten the direct snaps. They hand it off to him in the backfield. He runs end arounds. He's he's there, Mister Everything, as far as wide receivers go. He comes back. Um, they do lose a very good one in Luke Whitmore, who's more of a possession guy. Um, they they lost him, but but Tez Johnson is going to be their main guy at wide receiver, um, and and he's going to be their go-to guy. I don't know much about what they've got to fill in behind him. Like I said, uh, Luke Whitmore was a guy who took a lot of those catches last year. Um, so we'll see what they do to replace that, you know, the, the production that he, he had last year. Let's move on to the defense, Dave. Uh, what are you looking at there? Yeah, What's I'm the gonna, strengths? Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, possibly the defensive player of the year in the Sun Belt is uh, playing for Troy. And if it's and, and the only reason I say that is if it's not Zion Hill, this is the guy who's going to get it. Um, Carlton Marshall is really good i mean and when i say really good i say that a lot when we talk about some players but this kid is special uh, he led the team in tackles last year he's he's possibly the the the, the, the well, he's to me he's probably the best linebacker in the conference um and he put up incredible numbers and he missed a couple of games uh last year uh with some injuries but when he's on the field he is a difference maker um and then they get most of their production back on defense. So uh, while they had some holes on defense and they weren't a great defensive team, they get most everybody back on defense. Um, and it'll all, it'll all be around this guy called Marshall in the middle. Yeah. You know, um, we're, we're going to go in depth to the occasions next week, but I think the biggest uphill that battle that Zion Hill has of being the conference defensive player of the year is that, very similar to Pittsburgh in the uh, 80s. Everybody knew Hugh Green, Hugh Green, Hugh Green. He was making the tackles. Yeah. But there was a reason because everybody Ricky was Jackson. double teaming Ricky Jackson. And you saw that last year with a lot of the stuff. Yeah. Zion Hill was a beast. He didn't make the tackles of the sacks because of the double teams. Well, yeah, and you're dead on with that. The other piece to it is it is hard for a, a, a down lineman to get the the numbers that a linebacker can get, right? Absolutely. His job is to plug up holes so other people can make plays, yeah. right? He's getting double teamed on the on the on the line and people behind him are making great tackles. Look, we had some really good linebackers last year. Yep. But but they 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 put up big numbers because Zion Hill was so hard to block, right? Exactly. <laughs> and if Zion Hill was a little bigger and was a defensive end, we could talk more about that, but Yeah. So, no. but but no, that's uh you know, like Carlton Marshall's a special player and like I said, I think yep. he's going to end if he stays healthy, he'll be the the conference player of the year on defense. Well, good deal, Dave. Appreciate your time tonight. We're going to talk again next week. We're going to absolutely. Hey, just real quick, I wanted to point out two things um, just because they popped into my head. Yep. Uh, we talked about, and everybody listened to our podcast and listened to this one. Um, just recently announced uh, Rasheen Ali, the running back for Marshall, is temporarily not with the team. Yep. Um, don't know if that's long-term, short-term. Don't know. Lots of rumors floating around about what's going on. But he was a guy who could be the offensive player of the year in the Sun Belt. 
and he is not going to start the season with um, with uh, Marshall. And then the only other thing, and I want to make sure I point this out because it was pointed out to me, I made a mistake on our East Eastern review preview. Um, nothing major because the guy's a third string quarterback. But I had said that Old Dominion had a, and it's just because I do my notes three weeks before we do yep. our discussions. Um, a transfer quarterback that I mentioned because I wrote down ND was from uh, North Dakota. It actually stood for Notre Dame. And I just used shorthand and I wrote. So I just want to make sure everyone knows. I want to correct it. Yeah. The third, the third string quarterback, if anybody cares, for Old Dominion will be a gentleman who transferred in from Notre Dame, not from North Dakota. And actually the notes you provided to me did, I believe did say Notre Dame. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I just didn't catch that. Um, I said, I hadn't been uh, on the sharpest right lately <laughs> because of different various reasons. Yeah. No, no I just uh, wanted to put those two things out yeah. there. The, the Rashad, the Rasheen Ali thing is huge uh, yeah. for Marshall because he's such a, big important part of their offense yep nope i saw it about five minutes after we got done recording so but no dave thank you for your time uh again next week we're going to go over we're going to break down both the east and the west give our predictions and uh we're going to write them down and we're going to come back at the end of the season and take our medicine for being so stupid but we're going to we're going to go through and uh give our breakdown of where we think teams will finish and how they'll do on the season, getting a little bit more of the scheduling, which we didn't talk about on each team, which uh, I won't say can make or break a team, but getting off to a a hot start can definitely help a team. So uh, for Dave Amato, thank you again, Dave. No problem. Uh, I'm Craig Malonso. You've been listening to We're Talking, and we've been talking football, Sunbelt Conference West to be exact. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.